welcome to the Ignite Movements podcast. We are so thankful that you chose to join us today. And if you haven't subscribed yet, I want to encourage you to do that so you get all the latest content, new episodes come out on the first Wednesday of every month. And we are serious about helping people move beyond a one ministry mindset to move on to multiplying disciples and multiplying ministries, multiplying churches. And so today I've got with me Chris Miller. Chris Miller is our West Market campus pastor. He's been with us since 2012. He's done an amazing job of leading. Uh, but uh, today I've asked him to join me because he had a, a, a one particular really amazing leadership breakthrough that really changed everything for you. So Chris, take a moment and just kind of tell us about that journey. Well, 2012, got a phone call from John Oakley, our worship pastor at the Springbrook campus, to come back to Johnson City, Tennessee to plant a church, something we'd never done before. So we were excited. We came in. We had a, about 80 people uh, that met with us, and we were meeting as a small group. But then we had to begin having church services on Sunday that quickly grew from one to two services. While we were also renovating this space that we're sitting in today, which is the old Mountain View slash Leisure Lane Bowling Alley, plus deal with all the other ministry aspects as well. And I just remember that was a year that I basically don't remember anything that happened. Like, it was just so busy. It was filled with good chaos. And I remembered I kept trying to meet with everybody. Like, it was just... Me, a part-time staff member, another part-time staff member, and we were running close to 250 people, and it just seemed like there was no family time. Uh, I was physically exhausted. I was mentally exhausted, really because I was trying to do everything on my own, and everything had to go through me. And so I realized, you know, the idea that either this is going to make it or or not based on me. You're not going to make it. (laughs) Exactly. My wife I know is like, are you sure, you know, you're doing the right thing? And, and so really a lot of it boiled down to me trying to do everything, which is not a good ministry principle. It's not a good life principle. Uh, One person cannot do everything. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we were spending a lot of time with people that we weren't sure if they were disciplable, if they even had influence, if they even cared. But we were at that new stage, so we were trying to have everybody over. And I realized one day sitting in our living room having lunch with a couple, which one of them never came back, like, uh, you know, our time has got to be with people who are going to be about the mission, who are going to be people of influence, who are going to be people that we can pour our life into, similar to what Jesus did, because we talk about that a lot. And the church world, but we don't necessarily apply it or live it out. Mm, yeah, that's true. So you kind of you, you hit a wall, but then you kind of had a breakthrough, yeah. uh, which was which was huge, uh, and it just really radically changed how you go about what you do. So talk a little bit about that. Um, I went to a pipeline conference. It's a Christian conference put on by Lifeway, and actually got to hear Mac Lake, Carrie Newhoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw this principle, and even with Dan Greider, one of our mentors, mm-hmm. who had said before, more time with less people equals greater results. And then I visibly saw it happening uh, when Mac was throwing out his pipeline diagram, which he said, this group of people gets the majority of your time, then this group of people will hopefully have the same influence and in, in time that you gave the other person ahead of them. And so... Mm-hmm. When I got back, I just met with all of our directors, and I had to renegotiate Mm. um, because for them, a lot of their job description or a lot of their volunteer capacity was, 
make sure these people show up and that's really the only responsibility you have make sure every uh, volunteer shows up every room has what it needs and that people come on time and I just renegotiated and I said look this is going to be more about you investing Mm -hmm. your time outside of Sunday morning just to check in on them to actually check to see where they're at in the competency of what you're asking them to do checking on their character you know how are they doing with Jesus how are they doing with spiritual growth so so what I hear Chris saying is that that there was this point where he sat down with his directors and he said we're going to well, I'm going to develop you and I'm going to move you from being just a manager just the volunteers show up on time and 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 the the things that are supposed to be laid out for you will be there and they'll be available to actually leading people uh, so from manager to leader is that is that what you're mm-hmm. saying Yeah and the hope was that I could actually care about them through the time that I spent with them. Mm-hmm. Like generally asking, how has this week been for you? What are you struggling with? Uh, what do you need this week? Mm-hmm. Outside of anything church world, like uh, what do you need this week mm-hmm. that I could help um, encourage you or provide something that yeah. you may possibly need? Because if they're not in a good place, they can't. They don't have the bandwidth to lead. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, even with a, you know, how are you doing? And mm-hmm. if they're not okay, then you take the time to stop and, uh, listen and possibly pray and, and, and check on them after the service. Like, hey, we, got, we didn't have, really have a chance to talk through what you had mentioned to me. Um, let's talk more about that. So there's a, a care. You can't do that with very many people. So it's got to just be those few yeah. people who are your team that from there everything else flows. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think if you model that and you live that out, that's going to be a part of your culture as uh-huh. well. So right. uh, care is a big deal. Um, content, you know, the things that we're asking them to do, the way that we're asking them to do it, which flows more into uh, our rooms, our rich kids' rooms, mm-hmm. clubhouses, uh, tech booth, like a lot of those competency aspects that you want the person to be getting better at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so you talk through that, you know, what went well, what didn't yeah. go well, what would you have done differently? Is yeah. how we're doing things uh, being effective with who's here? Yeah. And then I think. Um, you also want to celebrate with them and you also want to check in with like their character like you know what is God doing in your life mm-hmm. uh, what do you feel like God's saying to you I know Ralph Moore has his three questions mm-hmm. that he used to plant churches and uh, it basically was you know what did God say to you uh, what are you going to do about what he said and then how mm-hmm. can I help you so I've tried to integrate that in as well um, with a lot of the conversations with directors who became shepherds. Yeah. Because my thought was if they're only directing people, there's not going to be a personal connection to that. So I renegotiated with mm-hmm. them, like I said, and none of them were like, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, they actually felt better about it and I think bought into the vision more. And I mean, it just revolutionize our campus. It, it feels like that you're asking, you know, you're like, I'm the paid person, so I need to bear all this. Um, I don't know that I can ask that level of, of, uh, of a lay person, but the thing about it is, is it, it kind of really it infuses it with a lot more purpose because, mm. you know, at first we're like, hey, can you just pull off these menial tasks that anybody can do to send out schedules and things like that? And if you can just make sure everybody shows up, you know, and after a while that just kind of feels like, you know, it's important, you know, but it, it just doesn't really feel like am I making a huge difference? And then two, 
you know, one of the key things that I think Chris just touched on is as, as you're asking those personal questions about spiritual growth and where are you uh, personally, that is just so important because this, this leadership pipeline that we're going to be referring to from Mac Lake here in just a second, and Chris has already alluded to, um, you know, it, it becomes also an opportunity for a, a being a disciple-making uh, uh, pipeline as well. And so that's, that's just, just a huge opportunity that you have in, in, in that situation as you're investing in those, those few people. So I think this is such an important concept because if you are a, a gifted leader at all and a, a self-motivated leader at all, you're going to grow yourself into a mess. That you absolutely positively are going to grow yourself into a mess. No matter how stripped down you try to make things, uh, you know, what Chris described was, was, was just starting a church, having a children's ministry, having greeters, having um, a service, and, and, and just a Sunday morning service. That's, that's it. And then maybe, you know, adding small groups to that. And so that, that's a very stripped down church. That's not offering a, a, a whole smorgasbord of things for, for people to choose from. That is a very stripped down church. And yet it becomes overwhelming if you are, are the one person who has said, okay, we need greeters. So I'm going to go out and recruit the greeters and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, train them. And you think, well, I'm the only person right now. It's a one man show, so I need to do that. Uh, or you go out and say, well, we need to start groups, so I'm going to go recruit the group leaders. And then, you know, from there, uh, you know, I'm going to manage that situation. And what happens is it's not very long before you're dealing with the group leader who wants to quit after six months and you're trying to replace them, the greeter who never blocks out their dates and then just doesn't show up, and so that, that station is left completely empty. And just right on down the line, children's ministry issues, uh, and all of a sudden you've created this monster that, that you have to manage. And so this concept is going to save your life. Is that, is that fair? I think so. <laughs> it's going to save your life. Yeah, so in that, at that point, you're going to say to yourself, well, I need help, but like I have all these other things going on. And now you're saying to me, like, now I've got to find and train and equip and you know deploy these other leaders. Like, How does that even happen? Yeah, so now you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to find high-level leaders to oversee all the stuff you've been overseeing, while at the same time you don't want that to fall apart uh, while oh, you're yeah. trying to train, train the leaders. And so that is a very, very hard uh, balance at that point. So I know for us, we started the first church uh, with you know just... Uh, you know your basic ministries and we got everything up and running and we got all the plates spinning and we had uh, great greeters we had great children's uh, ministry uh, volunteers and uh, small groups were, were killing it and everything was just going really 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 well and about two years in I just kind of remember that it, it felt like that the, the things that everybody was excited about and everybody was on board with were starting like plates were starting to drop here and there and I remember we had a young man that was visiting the church who was studying for ministry, and he, he came into my office. He had been coming for about three weeks, and he said, just to be honest with you, kind of, I like your vision, and I like where you're going, but I don't think things are going very well around here. And I remember thinking, I mean, he's studying for ministry. He's, he's young, like he's super young. And, uh, and I just remember thinking, kid, like you have no idea what it takes to get something like this off the ground and then keep all the plates spinning. But I think he really had kind of touched on something that um, that – I, I probably hadn't paid enough attention to, and that is that I, I was doing it all on my own. I was, I was, I was carrying uh, this thing at, at the moment instead of really training up a few people that I poured my life into uh, and that, that, that they poured their lives into other leaders that they were developing. And so, uh, you know, that was something that was a real wake-up call uh, for me. I was coaching a church planner the other day, and I was talking to him, and he said, 
you know, he said he was, uh, he, what happened was he launched his church right when COVID hit. Like literally two weeks before everybody was shutting everything down, he had just launched, launched his church. And of course, you know, that just kind of shut everything down. A lot of things that he thought he had in place are no longer in place. Uh, and so he's kind of relaunching the church in a sense. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we were talking the other day and he said, uh, you know, we're adding back, we're adding back children's ministry. And, and there were some other ministries that he was like, yeah, we're going to start putting those in place. And, um, and we talked about this concept that before you add, say, small groups, at this point, I think what we would say is, train a small, you know, uh, pour into and lead a small, a small group director first, uh, and then, you know, put them in place to lead those small groups as they get started, instead of uh, just going out and recruiting a bunch of small group leaders. Now you're in charge of them, and then at some point you try to get yourself some help. Uh, and so that was, you know, that was something that I think uh, we would do differently uh, mm-hmm. if, uh, if we had the choice. And so, uh, Chris, why is, this, why is this so hard? Like, like most of the time, we, we set things up exactly the way you and I did it the first time around. Why don't we just do this in the first place? I think anytime you develop another human being, it takes so much more time. Mm. It's easier just to hand things off versus mm-hmm. actually talking through what the expectations are, recasting vision, mm-hmm. follow-up, mm-hmm. because you want to see how it went for the person. And people are, can be messy. I mean, mm-hmm. my friend Bob Goff always says, love messy people, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. So you're walking through their, their personal life with them as well as entrusting them with leadership opportunities and capabilities. And really, you know, we want them to raise their lid, you yeah. know, where we find them to another expectation. And even Jesus took three years, mm-hmm. uh, I think mainly with, Peter, James, and John that yeah. did the most as far as we could tell via the New Testament. It took three years. Yeah. And then you think about the church, the early church, and the progression that it made through a small group of people that were also developing people and sending them out. And so it takes time to say, you know, you watch me, and then we'll talk, and then we'll do it together, then we'll talk, then you do it, and I watch, and we talk, and then you do that with somebody completely different. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot more time, but I would rather do that a hundred times over than continually filling roles throughout the church of various people. Okay, so I love what you just said, because really what what we're talking about is it's it's hard work, which I think a lot of times we try to take shortcuts because somehow we actually have this idea that if I go out and I grab five people that I think would be great community group leaders and I have one meeting that I've set up a ministry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it would be amazing if it worked that way. Uh, and somehow we really believe that, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. Uh, it takes a lot more personal investment and, and leading on a constant basis, and you don't have the time to do that with even five group leaders in addition to everything else that you have going on. And so we, we, we're just trying to take shortcuts. And I think also mm-hmm. we're just, we're trying to be in a hurry. So like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a launch team off the ground and, and we're trying to get everything in place and we want to open the doors and wow the public with what we have to offer. So doggone it, I think we should have some, some small groups to offer. And so, um, you know, I don't have time to do everything you just talked about to develop a leader, but I do have time to, you know, grab five warm bodies and hand them a, 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 an orientation manual and, and, and put a sign up out that they're mm-hmm. group leaders. I got time to do that, uh, which is not effective, 
but I do have time to do that. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about the nitty gritty of like, how does this work? And, and I really want to refer you. We're huge fans of the, of the Mac Lake leadership pipeline stuff. I really want to encourage you. We're going to talk Love at you, the Mac. end about, uh, about how you can access his stuff. Uh, but basically he talks about uh, several different levels of the leadership pipeline. And it starts, you know, d- down just a person just leading themselves well. Uh, then it talks, and he talks about people who are leading followers. Then he talks about people who are leading leaders, and then you got people who are leading departments, and you got people who are leading like entire churches or organizations. Uh, and so that's really the process. And, and what that looks like, as Chris described, is as the leader of the organization, he, he more time with less people equals greater results. He spent time with just the people who were leading leaders or leading departments, I guess we would say in that case. Uh, and so, and, and, and modeled for them how that they could do the same thing for the people under them who are leading leaders. Uh, and then all the way down the, down the line that goes to where each level, people are only spending time with a few people, mm-hmm. not, a, not a lot, it's broken down to a few people. And, and, and it, it, you know, the leadership pipeline kind of looks like that. I think at some point, you know, it kind of could finger out. You've got several people at this level who are, who are just, just dealing with five people at a time, say. Uh, and so, so everybody's kind of pouring into just a few people at a high level, developing people at a high level, looking for new potential and bringing those people on at the, at, at the new level. And so if, if you're a, um, a uh, say you're a small groups director and, and you have so many groups in your church that you have small group coaches, so a small group coach would regularly be looking for somebody they could develop to, to do what they do to become a coach and move up. And so, uh, but they're spending just a few time, uh, 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 spending all their time with a few people. Uh, and so that's, that's really kind of the gist of, of how this thing works. Uh, and, and when it works, it, it, it really can be, uh, really kind of be amazing. And so uh, I just want to encourage you for sure to check out uh, Max Leadership Pipeline uh, information. So we, you want to talk a little bit about just the whole pipeline, how it works? Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, staff, that's the, the people that I spend the most time with, that I give the most investment to. They have uh, 100% uh, accountability with me and for me and to me. And, like, uh, we, um, there's no boundaries with my phone or our, our house. Like, they're always welcome. They can always call. They can always text. So I'm investing the majority of my time back into the staff and then it's directors, like because we each have directors, whether that's children's ministry or tech ministry or first impressions or or, or cafe host team. Um, those directors, you know, we're pouring into them, so they will also do the same to uh, the leaders who are also a big part of that environment uh, because they are the face of the environment. They're the ones who set the tone for the environment and the experience. And then you have people that you know are partners or volunteers that are not as indebted to um, you know what we do on Sundays. But the more time they're connecting with that leader, who's connected with the director, who's connected with staff, you know the hope is that they're being cared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking through content and creativity. Um, you know they're making a connection. Uh, so all the things that we value and that we want to be important and a big part of their you know, walk with Christ, number one, but just through who they are and how they lead, hopefully it's going through the pipeline that everybody's having that experience. And instead of me trying to meet with 30 to 40 people, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's yeah. just say in a month, I, I'm really connecting with five or six. And so it's, yeah, it's it's way better. Yeah. 
So you, you've got a structure in place that is developing leaders, which I mean, volunteers, good leadership, those kind of things. There's a huge deficit in most churches. You've got a, a, a accountability structure in place that is also uh, caring for people so that people are regularly in touch with somebody who is caring for them and shepherding them. And then you also have, uh, you know, that, that disciple-making piece as well, as we talked about earlier, that is all coming out of this one simple relational structure that is not, it's not a program necessarily. It's not like some sort of highly structured, lots of, you know, lots of meetings. It's just, I want you to do life with and lead with these five people. And I want them to do the same thing with the people that, uh, that they're leading. Okay, so as we kind of get near the end here, let's talk about uh, some of the advantages of doing this. I think some of them are, are obvious uh, that we've kind of already touched on, and, and so we may reiterate some of those. But the first one I think is kingdom perspective. I think when you are developing a whole pipeline of leadership, I think what that does is, is it puts you in a position where you can multiply. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that you'll think right away is, well, maybe you're just a really well-staffed, you know, your volunteers are, are, are filling out all the positions and, and you think, well, what would I be like if every single person in this pipeline was, was, was working to develop another leader, what in the world would I do with all those leaders? Well, that's where you begin to have an opportunity to multiply, to, to you know, start other churches, to uh, send out other people, not to mention the fact that you're going to have people who go away to college, you're going to have people who their job gets transferred, and so you are always going to have the leaders that you need as a result of that. I think another one is uh, holistically, uh, it keeps you healthy. You know, if you're trying to do everything, it means you have zero time to work out or to uh, grocery shop proper or, you know, family time. Um, and if the house is not right, then ministry definitely can't be done as well because, um, you know, that's where you're called to leave first. But I know I probably feel physically the worst in those years where I tried to yeah. do it all. And of course there's the stress and your body tells you through uh, various things like your heart hurting or, you know, ulcer, you know, various yeah. things that, you know, you've not spent time to take care of your body. Uh, you're not getting enough sleep or rest. And if those things are out of whack, then you're not going to be as spiritually in tune, I think, to what God is wanting to do through you. Plus, you're not as going to be, you're not going to be as receptive to human beings and people that you're serving. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because you don't feel as good. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it also creates an expectation of leadership development. Uh, I think one of the things that a lot of times we believe is that if if you know if I put this person in place, they're going to want to develop other people. Or uh, I know at times we've looked at uh, at our our volunteers in various ministries and, and and said you have the authority to go. And, and, and grab somebody else and begin to get them involved and teach them what you do. That's a nice statement, mm. but nobody does that. You know? But when you actually have these few relationships that you're having constant conversations with and you're being asked questions like, who do you see on the horizon that you could develop? All of a sudden, now there is an expectation all the way through the organization to develop new leaders. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think you know, ultimately at the end, it's the best use of the time that you have. We each have a certain amount of time that we have every single day and within a work week. And uh, when I'm investing the majority of my time into developing leaders, then that's going to give me the most uh, return. Hmm. You know, And I think Jesus, if you look at his ministry, 80% uh, of his time 
was with the disciples. And I would say even more time with Peter, James, and John. Mm. And then 20% uh, was really just with the crowds who mostly didn't choose to follow him. So uh, I'm going to put my time into the people that I know are bought into the mission and the vision and, and mm. want to see people uh, transition into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, that's so important. Um, you know, this principle of spending more time with less people is so important because it's going to become the lid uh, for your leadership. It's mm-hmm. going to become the lid in your one organization. It's certainly going to keep you from multiplying uh, movements uh, and igniting new movements uh, if, if, if we don't get a hold of this concept. One of the things we're dedicated to at Ignite Movements is, is, is to help you get your hands on resources that will practically help you do these things. And so, you know, again, we really recommend Mac Lake stuff. And so you can go to multiplygroup.org and see, uh, see all the things that, that Mac has available there. Uh, you can also follow him on his YouTube channel, which is fantastic. And Chris, mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of Mac's. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what he has to offer that really helps put this in practice. Yeah, I would say really any of his books... And, and when you begin to get into this concept of pipeline, he does a, a great job of, of giving you the overview, but also introducing concepts like competency and character um, and elements that you'll use through your discussion points with the people that are in your pipeline. And, and Mac's awesome because he continues to produce more resources, but he's also uh, giving you simplified versions and he's producing content on leading others, uh, leading yourself, uh, leading leaders, and really um, the multiplication effect, a book that has just come out by Mac. It's kind of an overview of all those things, but he meets you at the ground level and helps you uh, to get it in a simple way, but also to make it applicable. Like there's always an application point. There's always, that's what I love about Mac's stuff is there's always questions. He is a question master. Yeah. Uh, so you don't just take the information and the knowledge and sit with it, but you actually are challenged to uh, live it out and apply it. Yeah, yeah. When when I first got introduced to to this concept, and and it was kind of broken down that at each of these stages, you know, you need to have a certain training that you have in place and a mindset of how you're going to move people up through this leadership pipeline, and you need to have uh, uh, character milestones and competent competency milestones at each one of these levels. I was a little overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden, like I started seeing these books pop up of leading others, leading leaders. And I was like, this does exactly that. Like it already has it laid out for you. So it's awesome. The resources that he has available. So thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Thank you for sharing your story and an amazing job that you've done uh, in, in transitioning to this mindset and the difference that it's made in the organization. And uh, again, subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, let somebody else know if this was helpful to you. Thank you so much for uh, being with us, and we'll see you next month.